my Coke from a can, but it has a bottle lid. Welcome, folks. It's Couchcast time again. Couchcast <laughs> number 47, I think. I'm, I'm Master Torgo. I think I'm Dr. Vlorg. I'm the famous Paul. <laughs> 80s Jeff. Are we really on 47? Yeah, we yeah. are. We're, Yay. We're Moving right along. Good the Lord. Fancy free. Getting close to 50. And no, there's not going to be some special 50th edition of... No, where we go back, we get to celebrate and, and, and go back over our best moments because I'm not going through all that shit. Every podcast is made to yeah. fifty worth its salt. You know what? That and I hit the I, I tend to skip the ones that reach 100 and go right to 101 okay, because 100 everybody goes hey. <laughs> crank it, crank, crank, crank. Well, it's just a Well, not just that. It's, it's that they either read emails the whole time, self-congratulating themselves, or they have edited... Like I said, it's, it's a wank fest. Or they've it's, some do. Some it's, do. Some it's don't. masturbatory, the whole thing. Hey, dude, if this isn't masturbatory, I don't know what is. I'm sitting here doing my ridiculous... Uh, System of a Down impression. <laughs> That's what that was. I hate them. I hate them <laughs> That's so what that much. was. Exactly. System of a Down. I like some of this stuff. Uh, you down. like some crap. I, I like some of it too. I thought for a minute, hey, this is a new, neat new voice, but then I was like, oh no, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. It does have a shelf life. Whoo, buddy. <laughs> Whoo. P U. That stuff's gone shelf south. Shelf life shorter than milk. Whew. <laughs> P.U. Well, before oh. we go into regular show stuff, so let's talk about the Star Trek uh, auction slash sale oh, yeah. that yeah. happened. Uh, I didn't go, but I know, Jeff, you helped out. Barry, yeah. you helped out. Yeah, we went on uh, Wednesday to check it out and get some pictures and whatnot, and uh, got Shanghai to... It was a Thursday? It was Thursday. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Shanghai into moving stuff around. That was pretty much it. We threw out our past. <laughs> oh, man. It was very good. Jeff said to me I... it was, and he, you're right, it's very, it was very, very cathartic. cathartic. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. It's... Let me set this up for you, folks. Anybody that's been to the experience, there, there used to be these gorgeous recreations of the various starships hanging over the, uh, the motion picture version of the N1701. Enterprise hanging over the uh, the entrance. Uh, there was a bird of prey just over the entrance to the actual ride in the History of the Future Museum. The Starship Voyager that was kind of off, like if you're facing it, off to the, the left and up. And then right in the center of it all, over the restaurant, was the Enterprise D from Next Generation. Well, when we get there, <laughs> the bird of prey, as well as pieces of the other ships, had been sitting outside for near to two years. So all the ships? <laughs> yep. Really? Just, just, in, uh, the, just in the weather, huh? The 1701, the, the motion picture 1701 was the only one that had been stored inside. Oh, boy. Wow. There was dirt and water damage no, 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 no. and cracks. It was battle damaged. The battle <laughs> damaged. <laughs> I have a picture of Barry silently weeping over the starships. Uh, we'll try to post that on the website. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I was feeling it, too. I mean, I, here are these gorgeous, one-of-a-kind pieces of art. And, I, and I'm telling you, folks, these things were gorgeous. They, they were, were huge. The, mm-hmm. They were huge. They're the largest recreations of those ships that were ever built. I, each one was around a million dollars a piece. Yeah. Wow. And were stored outside in the elements in a nondescript warehouse in the north East side of Las Vegas. 
for yeah, anyone, tragic. Yeah, anyone to see. I mean, sight. if I'd have known the address of this thing, I would have swiped a whole bunch of stuff years <laughs> ago. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, when I when I got there, there was pieces of my bar sitting outside, my old bar sink and dishwasher were just sitting out there. And, uh, well, I mean, what happened was PropWorks came uh, at the behest of uh, CBS Paramount, Paramount or whatever, and they what they do is they they come in after a movie shoot usually. Uh, in this case, after uh, after the, the death throes of a wonderful theme park, and um, sold off, and they sell off what they can, and they give portion of that to. They CBS sell off Paramount. what they think they can sell, yeah. what they think they can get good money for. And it, it didn't look to. like they, you know, they were sure about a lot of that. So luckily, they had a bunch of nerds there. Apparently, oh. <laughs> um, um, Alec, Alec how, how Peters. How did you hear about this? Well, uh, the USS Las Vegas, the local uh, Star Trek fan club, I guess, was asked for volunteers to go do this. Well, Helpful. they announced it at the Wrath of Khan last Wednesday. Looking for volunteers. Yeah. Now, normally you look for volunteers for stuff like giving blood, helping kids, cleaning up the environment. Right. This was volunteering of another sort. Right. This, this was, was volunteering your time so that they could make thousands of dollars. Yeah, that, what but that's what gets me about the whole thing is they didn't give you anything no. in this volunteer work. I got like, a deck I mean, of cards. Here's a chunk of wood. There were some damaged pieces that they're like, well, you, yeah, you can have that because <laughs> you can they, have this they, literally, they literally looked at stuff like what they, could, broken glass. What, they could, what they could get money for. They're like, no, we're going to sell that. No, we're going to sell that. Oh, we're taking that back to California with us. Blah, blah, blah. So, I, I mean, this box of AIDS blood and broken glass. AIDS blood and <laughs> broken glass. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed myself going through all the stuff. I was like going through all the memories, and it, it was kind of a, you know, a way of letting go because the way that the place was closed, you know, we were all just kind of abruptly booted out the door, I guess, as it were. And uh, so it was kind of nice slowly going through all the old. Stuff and you know yeah, I came the memories back, that I were attached to those. I came back on Saturday for the auction, and I was just there to cover it, just you know, as press. But I kind of got Shanghai into working at it for a few <laughs> hours. You know what? It was fun. I got to talk to some people for a few hours and help them with the costumes, and I sold off a couple people's costumes too. Uh, messing with yours, and yours was torn to crap, Paul. Surprise, uh, surprise. Yeah. Um, but then I got out of there pretty early because I I don't want to do that all day. Screw that. Yeah. And, right. I, and I asked, you know, hey, uh, how much you want to been? Yeah, you're mothballed for almost two years as yeah, well. Yeah, it smelled like farts. It was really good. <laughs> um, oh, well, that's not. If I'd have known that they were selling the the DS9 First Contact uniforms because they said they were taking those back to California, yeah. if I'd have known that, I would have sent some scratch with you and see if you could yeah, haggle him down bucks. a little yeah, bit. I would have probably haggled him down to like sixty or seventy, but that's about it. That's yeah. less than I would have bought that one on eBay for yeah. that I was supposed to be given. Those are the those certain are the person that will remain un, unnamed. Unnamed? Dun, 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 Fuck him. Dun. What's his name? <laughs> Come on, say it. Say it. Chad Boutet. Chad Boutet. Uh, Louisiana. Is a douchebag. There it is. I Let's said it. it. All right. Official. And by the way, if anyone's listening who knows anyone at Paramount CBS, uh, Chad Boutet in Louisiana has been selling your shit. <laughs> and making money off of it. You know, I do have uh, a way to get a hold of John Van Sitters, who is You know is what, the, everyone uh, says, oh yeah, I could have told him. You know what, fucking why didn't you? Shit, I get off the he pot. Thought, he thought of it first. <laughs> Fuck him. He thought of it first. And you know what, hey, more power to him for exactly. doing it, if exactly. I were him, except that he burned a lot of people that yeah. he said he'd get stuff for. Yep, no, that belonged to That's them. the thing that really bothers that's me, the thing. overall. Otherwise, I got no problem with it, so... You know, for the record, fuck him. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Chad Boutet. Nice. 
You, you're in douchebag <laughs> of the week. Not that that's going to become a regular thing because we could have douchebag in a minute. Because you'll win it every Because we week. live in America. I think that, you know, overall, that was the, the biggest thing, though, with yeah. going through that warehouse was the fact that I didn't get paid for any of it and they were really, really Expensive. taking advantage of my knowledge of the place. Yeah. He's like, hey, Jeff, what's this? Yeah, me too. What's you do that? It to me. He's like, hmm, I bet we could get some good money for that. Whatever. And I mean, nothing against them. Yeah, you know, they, them. they like found the a niche. They really they're exploiting guys. it. You know, what everybody wants to smart. do. And they were smart about it because yeah. they had all the local nerds who do nothing, who would love nothing better than to be hailed as experts for their bit of worthless trivia. So <laughs> hey, right. <laughs> Although on. I will say there were a few people from the USS Las Vegas that. Uh, were speaking as experts and didn't know what they were talking about. Oh my god, some dude came up to me and he's like, oh yeah, look at this, it's a Klingon thing. And it was the, the Romulan shoulder piece deal. Oh, like, it, was man. it was clearly that. And I'm like, oh no dude, that's the Romulan thing. There were times thing. where I wanted to Baldwin. grab some of them then, by the arm and go, pardon me, but for seven and a half years, I worked with this. <laughs> well, this right. is what I did. I said, I said to him, I said, dude, no, it's a... It's, 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 it's a Romulan Baldrick. And he's like, no, no, I'm a Klingon. It sounded kind of like Swolar. No, no, I'm a Klingon. Uh, he pointed to him and said, look, I'm a Klingon. Yeah, you look like a Klingon. You look like a fat ass. Um, no, dude, I worked there for a while. Like, no, I know that's a Klingon thing. Dude, do, are you, you're, you're the, supposed to be the expert here? <laughs> Whatever. Did it have the bird on it? Did it have the Romulan? Yeah, it had the Romulan bird holding its two Romulan bird balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. That talk needs to get sharp mock left. And you know what? Hole. Steve Biggs would be pissed because you know what his name tag said? Tanek. <laughs> Anyone know Steve Biggs used to be Crock, uh, son of Tanek. Well, wow. if that was dad. <laughs> he doesn't speak to Apples don't fall far from trees. I'm now. waiting for the great Kayless comment great on Kayless. this episode. Great Kayless. Anyway. But yeah, that that was it. That was you know, it's done. It's over with. You know, it was a little depressing, and you know, the feckler has had his day. <laughs> same time, throwing out all that stuff was you know, cathartic. As, as, yeah. as Barry and I said, it was very so cathartic. It's closure. To yeah, that exactly. Chapter of our lives that we haven't been getting paid for for. A I think it was yeah, it was proper closure. I think is what it comes down to. It really is proper, proper. Solid. MC Hammer closure. What you got for us this week, well, sir? Well, you know, before we begin, we got, still got a little more. All right, gentlemen, hold on to yourselves. Yeah. Oh, yes. Burglary at Pinball Hall of Fame. Oh, no. What? what? No, no. Yes. Some very determined thieves got inside looking for copper. Oh, no. This case is having quite the negative chain reaction. Pinball Hall of Fame is a not-for-profit organization. It's going to be closed until repairs can be made, which means certain charities have to do without. Oh, man. Quote, none of us get paid. We pay the necessary expenses, and everything else is donated to charity. This makes no sense to me, says Tim Arnold, director of the museum. Oh, man. It does make for many days out of business and many thousands of dollars out of pocket. Ugh. Police are trying to track down the thieves. Ugh. The copper they stole isn't even worth that much. No. But if caught and convicted of burglary, they could do more than a decade in state prison. Yeah. You know what? Special Pr- prison's place, too good special for Special place them. in whatever dark part, pit of the afterlife. Well, what, a, what a terrible... Yeah. This, Pr- prison is so too good much. for these guys. I mean, yeah. you broke into a museum. 
To look yeah. for copper? It's not yeah. a business. It's yeah. not a. Did they think that there was going to be copper there? And, and well, there was. There was. I mean, so it's of, all in the wiring, wiring. along the yeah. floor, along the the side, along the electrical box. Like yeah. the I'm what sure happened the to boosting were, stereos? The machines weren't even. I'm sure not even touched. I hope not. Are, that are, would be terrible. Are, are quarters and actual dollar bills that are in the the change machines that too good for you now? Fucking so, kids today stealing so copper. Foul. In my day, they stole stereos. I make it's I make just, a vow right now. Oh, here we go. That when I get the crazy filthy lucre mm-hmm. that is coming to the famous Paul one day, when I'm rolling in the jack, I will make something happen so that the Pinball Hall of Fame Museum is done up proper and truly taken care of. That will be one of my first charitable acts. Well, I uh, I offered um, I emailed them and I offered a free website to them, whatever they were, right. you know. Carte yeah. launch, but I guess they were just too busy for it right now, or something like yeah, that. Oh, so, they got a lot of stuff going on with the move and everything. Sure, they're, they're, not s- even they're still moved, settling really. in. Yeah, yeah. that's so but, yeah, it's, rough. Prison is too good for these fools. I mean, come on, you broke into a museum, probably damaged what are really, in some cases, antiques. Yeah, that are there for the public's enjoyment, and, and just you know, and. A lot of people didn't know this, and, and you just read it on there, that it's a not-for-profit organization. It is... Sorry, y'all. <laughs> um, you want to break into somewhere? Break into a sports bar. Who the hell gives a shit if, about a sports if they, bar? If they make any money over and above what it costs to operate the place, they donate it to charity. Yeah. Yeah. So, I what mean, are places it, acceptable to break into? Well, none. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like... Well, if you had to break into somewhere... If, I, if you had to break into somewhere and steal a bunch of, God forbid, copper... <laughs> What do you think you could live with? Probably a house that hadn't been completed construction. That's uh, a lot of foreclosed that's, houses yeah. are getting uh, raided. That's yeah, that's yeah. what happens in general. But I'm just yeah. Uh, these guys should be strung up by their balls, dude. Porta subs. How about a, a uh, I don't like porta subs. How about a copper mine? But, uh, nah. Yeah, I, it, it sickened me when I read that. That's terrible. I'm so sad to hear that. Yeah, it's a big hurt, but I thought I'd pass it along, and so our sympathies go out to uh, Mr. Arnold and all of his yeah, crew all the over there. Yeah, there. We'll see what they, maybe they'll set up some kind of donation thing. Or something. I would be glad to donate. Have one happen. quarter at a time. <laughs> <laughs> news you don't give a shit about. There's not a whole lot of this today. Okay. Most of the news I found today actually is at least some merit. There's some interesting huh? stuff happening. There is, but there's always some non-interesting things happening, and we're going to start with Production Weekly. Yes. This reporting that Planet of the Apes prequel movie, Caesar, has opened production offices at Mammoth Studios in Burnbury, Canada, near Vancouver. The film is scheduled to start shooting mid-July. Is this prequel to the most recent Planet of the Apes? No, but that not even known yet. Ooh. I think it's it just it related called Caesar. anyway. Ever. Boo. Yeah, Planet of the Boo Apes. Boo hiss. Still happening. Boo In the world. Yes. That freaking ugh. Oh. Ooh, that movie. Oh, that remake. <laughs> that remake was so bad. Tim Roth was in an amazing film, but nobody else in that cast was in the same movie he was in. <laughs> and it broke my heart to watch him working, chewing scenery, making stuff happen. Just, you know, throwing, throwing Oscar-caliber stuff mm-hmm. at the brick wall that is Wahlberg. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, well, try and get an effect. Oh, well, let me ask you this, Paul. Damn What's the film. last Tim Burton movie you saw that you truly liked? I enjoyed Alice in Wonderland. Okay. 
I enjoyed Alice in Wonderland. Before that, because uh, I can't think of one. I don't know. Coraline technically had some some of him in. Well, it, he was producer though. Yeah, he was um, he wasn't director on that. But did no, Tim Burton do nine? He's had some, yeah. yeah, I haven't I seen nine. nine. I've heard I nine is really nine good. Was fun. Well, um, he didn't direct nine either though, right? He produced it. Oh, hmm. I don't know. No, if I, I thought I he directed it. I think he did direct nine. He, are you um, sure? I'm I think pretty so. sure. Uh, but anyway, I don't, I don't, know. I don't like no, Tim Burton. No, Burton's so. done. Burton's done some fun. He's very hit or miss, but that is definitely the low point. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's just so true. So painful. I used to get excited whenever there was a Burton film up, and that one pretty much was the first to kill all excitement. Yeah, that was the first one. I was like, "Really, you're doing this to me? Get out of here!" To be fair, the audience. To be fair, I should say that <laughs> uh, last night, uh, Torgo also got excited when uh, my girlfriend Deb. Uh, mentioned to him that uh, there would be a new season of Glee. Or exactly. Something like that. Isn't that the fucking awesome? Yes. No one in the room yes. agreeing with you. I I like Glee okay. It you has its moments. You expected of. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, it has its moments. You have tendencies. Hey, I'm a theater nerd. Thank you. Thank you very much. Theater nerd. I'm, I'm not as much of a theater nerd as, as Torgo. This is true. <laughs> I don't think anybody is as big a theater, theater nerd. Is that, is that code? Is that code for something? It's code for audience. At least not At least not ones that are straight. That's it's code all I can for say. culture. It, Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Code for cultured and couth. You know what else has culture? A picture dish. Ooh, News you don't give a shit about. Nintendo announced the fifth generation of its historically popular Pokemon games. Pokemon Black, Black and White. Black and White. Yes. Tink, tink, tink. Now, I, I'm i interested. You know <laughs> of course, this. I, of course I know you're interested. You know I'm somewhat interested. This I have yet to get Soul Silver or or uh, Heart Heart Silver. Gold. You're like a small child. Soul Silver, Heart Gold. What? No. But yes. <laughs> uh, I do. There's something There's something really charming about Pokemon. It's just uh, some cool stuff. But, Is it that you but can... they've got to switch up the mechanic. They've got to change it up a little bit. Uh, but they won't. But the the game, the preview of the game looks kind of interesting as far as they've at least done a graphical overhaul. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be sharper looking. It's not even going to be part of the 3D thing. It's 3D. 3D you have issues. According to this, it's uh, making the DS the first Nintendo handheld to host two different generations of Pokemon in a row. That's how long DS has been around. Yep. It's a great thing. Well, I just purchased a uh, DSi XL for uh, Anne for her birthday. Did you? She loves it. Yeah, it's really cool, too. Nice. I thought you guys both already had. We do. Oh. We are a 3DS household now. <laughs> so how about that? Huh? Grown. Grown. It's a great system. It's, it's a, a really great it's system. A, it's a fine system. And I'm going to tell you right now, any, any way I can get my wife playing video games, I will take it. I will take it. I get that. I get that. You know? It's true. And it's we have true. some really fun little... Versus games on there and share with the wireless stuff. It's good times. All right. Here we go. It's Week of Geek time. This is the real news. Now, this week's Week of Geek is all over the place, so uh, we're just going to jump right into it. The professional StarCraft community in South South Korea is up in arms over reports of match-fixing and illegal betting. Oh, no! StarCraft is a huge deal in Korea. It gets played professionally, and there are TV channels devoted to it. But reports of... Uh, Match-fixing and illegal betting have rocked the community, forcing some players into retirement. The reports state that an unspecific number of professional StarCraft players rigged their matches in conjunction with illegal gambling groups and also leaked their replays. It's also not just current players that are involved, but retired players and coaches also are implicated. 
and the esport organizers were said to have been aware of the problem. Mm. The scandal is said to touch many of the country's top, top StarCraft players and is being likened to the 1919 Black Sox scandal where uh, <laughs> Chicago White yep. Sox players were discovered to be throwing matches during the 1919 World Series against Cincinnati Reds, which should give you some idea how seriously StarCraft is taken in South Korea. Exactly. Well, you know, I hate to point fingers, but... Uh... <laughs> Pete Rose did move to South Korea recently, and shit happens for a reason. And rolls downhill. From Slash (laughs) Film, everyone's curious to see what Ryan Reynolds will look like in the costume and the big screen adaptation of DC Comics' Green Lantern. Oh yeah, I've heard of this. I don't Mm -hmm. expect to see any leaked shots of Reynolds in the actual suit, because there isn't a suit. Okay. The suit that Ryan wears is on set is a gray tracking motion performance capture suit Ooh. with LED lights. The Green Lantern suit you will see in the final film will be almost entirely created using computers. Wow. Now remember the Green Lantern suit is something that should look alien. It needs to seem otherworldly. It encompasses any creature that wears the ring. And it does come out of his yeah. ring anyway. Yes. I was gonna say, yeah, it's it's created by the ring, so yeah. it makes sense. And Hal Jordan is the first human to ever wear the suit. You Although also- if that's true, mm-hmm. then every time the ring powers down, we should be seeing naked Green Lanterns everywhere. Do you just want to see a naked Hal Jordan? No, yeah. I want to see a naked Truth uh, comes guy out. Well, well, in Thank the in, in the comic, <laughs> he's wearing his clothes. I want to see a naked. Uh, <laughs> I want to see naked. What's his name? What's that guy's name? Balrog? No, or not Balrog. Albin Sir. No, not obviously. <laughs> no, Kilowog. I want to see his Kilowog. I want to see his Kilowog. Kilowog. His big swinging Kilowog hog. What you don't? Does Green Lantern porn even exist? What's he called, people? What's his? What's his? What's his? Kilowog. Yeah, I'm not sure. He has a, a slash saying. Yeah, he has. You, he calls people. Poozers. Poozers. That's yeah. right. I want to see his poozer. <laughs> <laughs> look, take a look, take a good look, you poozers. Bong, bong, bong. Kill a wong. <laughs> Kill a wang. Stupid fight. A new app for Twitter will allow users to compare the fans of different celebrities and see which group is stupider. <laughs> Stupid. Wow. Stupid fight was created by Tom Scott. The way the site works is simple. Users are given an interface with two boxes where they can type in any celebrity's Twitter name. The site then looks up the last 100 tweets that have been sent responding to each celebrity and compares the message looking for specific, quote, stupid indicators. What are these indicators? Well, Stupid Fight makes no claims at any complex science equations. Stupid Fight, quote, can't go out and administer an intelligence test to each person that's sending the message to a celebrity, so instead it estimates based on several stupid indicators. Are they using 20 exclamation marks in a row? Do they endlessly use the abbreviation OMG? Do they seem incapable of working out where their shift key is? These indicators are strong correlation with the message and the sender being stupid. Love it. Uh, I saw it in action with uh, Paris Hilton versus Stephen Hawking and, well... Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty, pretty impressive. Well, that's not even fair. I want to see, like, who's stupider, Paris Hilton versus, uh, like, Kim Kardashian. There you go. That. God, yeah. both of those girls are dumb as bricks. <laughs> no, Paris Hilton's making money. No, no, her the fans, they're fans, not yeah, so, yeah. They, this this uh, equates the fans, not the celebrity. Oh, I got it. Oh, yeah. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be smart to make money, Paul. 
Especially, huh? especially when you come from money. <laughs> what? That's all I'm saying for both these girls. Huh? I don't know what you're talking about. What? Huh? A Bank of America employee in North Carolina has been charged with installing malware directly into the bank's ATMs what? that allowed him to fraudulently withdraw money without a trace. Well, apparently there was a trace. They figured out the guy. How did they find him? <laughs> What's worse, these alleged thefts could coincide with the beginning of a wave of Eastern European ATM malware, which banking security experts fear may be coming to America. This is from Wired's threat level. (laughs) The charges were filed the same day the credit card company Visa warned the banking industry that Eastern European ATM malware recently showed up in America for the first time. That code, initially spotted last year in some 20 ATMs in Russia and Ukraine, was designed primarily to capture pins and bank card magstripe data, but also allowed thieves to instruct the machine to eject whatever cash was still in it. At the time, security <laughs> firm Trustwave warned that the malware was likely headed for ATMs in the United States. It's unclear how much uh, Rodney Reed a Calvary alleged stole, apart from being more than $5,000. Reportedly, the fraud only affected the bank and not the bank's customers. You know, I heard about this, and uh, they rounded up a bunch of suspects, and they put them in a big lineup, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, they they they, they had they had, they had it narrowed down to a couple of different countries and a couple of different areas. And they weren't really sure. There were some guys from you know uh, the Eastern Europeans. There were also the uh, some some Mexicans and some some Canadians even in the mix mm-hmm. and uh, you know they had them in the police lineup and they're all standing there and the, the cops are staring them down trying to figure out who was the guilty party and uh, the Eastern Europeans started jumping all right. and uh, and uh, you know just jumping 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 up and down and uh, and our the police are like that's our man this is Eastern European malware no doubt and they go how do you know because the check bounced. Uh, <laughs> I need you to be very, very quiet <laughs> for the next half an hour. You Get it? Say, it's a bank joke. You can say About goodbye to check. all the good people, but you've just wasted a few minutes of my life. I'll never get back. That was less than a minute. Oh, I was waiting for the bit to happen, and it just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot, nice lead up, though. It's good. Good I lead. thought it was pretty good. I, <laughs> I dislike you. Eastern Europeans, <laughs> banking you. fraud, check bounce. I yeah. don't know. I think it's pretty fucking good. It's it's all yeah. <laughs> yeah. It had potential. The execution was poor. Moving on. That's what they said when they put him in the electric chair. Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That one's good. <laughs> Get it poor bank fraud. Whatever. <laughs> you could be traveling through a wormhole. And even, not even know it? Even as you hear these words? What? According to scientist Nikoderm Poplowski. Oh, I don't believe this for a minute. As reported in Science Mag. Nikoderm. Nikoderm. Nikoderm Poplowski. Nikoderm. His, his parents named him after a, a cigarette patch. Nikoderm. Yeah, yeah, right over. <laughs> Nikoderm. I'm Nikoderm Stopsmokski. Nikoderm Stopsmokski. That'd be a great 
name for a character. Mr. Stavsmoski. Stavsmoski. Yeah. Faced with several inexplicable aspects of our universe, for example, that scientists have been unable to create a mathematical formula uniting gravity with other basic forces of nature, such as the strong and weak nuclear forces and electromagnetism. It's merely electromagnetism. Plus the fact that dark energy seems to be expanding and accelerating when it should be contracting and slowing believes that it can all make sense if we toss out the Big Bang and started thinking wormhole instead. Okay. According to Popolowski's calculations, the collapse of a giant star in another universe could have created a wormhole, a time-space conduit to another universe. Between these two openings, conditions could have developed that were similar to those we associate with the Big Bang, and therefore our universe could have formed within the wormhole. I've had a Big Bang form around a couple of openings. Uh. Such a scenario could address the quandaries about gravity in expanding universe, and if another universe existed before our own, gravity could be traced back to a point where it did unite with other nuclear forces and electromagnetism. And if our universe is now expanding toward the other end of the wormhole, this movement, rather than the elusive dark energy, could account for our expanding universe. And for those of you who've been paying attention this season, that was a big lost spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Are you on something today? Huh? Are you on something today? I'm on my (laughs) A-game. You have an A-game? If if, if the bar's set really low, I see. (laughs) Thank you, Barry. (laughs) Go on. Chris, who... Who? H U. Oh. Chris Who, a member of fighting game forum Shuruken.com, lost everything in a fire in New York's Chinatown. Who? Who lost it? Who did? Who? Who? Who indeed. Are we playing this game? Who's playing Street Fighter? <laughs> Who? Who's been playing Street Fighter uh, organized, apparently? Uh, what's what I'm what, trying to tell you? What's ya? the organization he plays with? Third base. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who and his family are now homeless? <laughs> Oh no! Oh, our oh, no. levity is so so, oh, no. so great. <laughs> okay, who's gonna help him? Oh, third base. Move this, on. This is getting harder and harder to read. And Sharukin dot com is Which doing I, what I, it I love to that help. site. I go there often. An interview with ABC, who recounts how his family lost more than their home, but also their life savings. Who to told help. him that? Who told ABC? Third base. Move yes, on. Yes, indeed. Yes, he did. Douchebag. <laughs> To help, Sharukin.com is banding together and running a collection through April 23rd for his family. Who who family? Exactly. This site... They're going to help whose family? ...has donated $1,000 to the fund. (laughs) The the who fund? The who fund. Joining the cause, Mad Cat is donating its first Super Street Fighter IV fighting stick that comes off the production line in an auction to help who... Who? Exactly. Okay. I wish I knew what this story was about. It sounds tragic and heartwarming. Uh, wow. <laughs> you, got, you got to get to know who. Uh, what Star Trek did for Klingon and James Cameron did for Avatar's Navi, HBO is doing for its upcoming fantasy theory game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, there's very awesome pops right up. Uh, a network, the network, will create a new language. In this case, Dora, Dorth, uh, Dothraki, the tongue of the saga's nomadic warriors. Really? The series, which based on George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series of books, will draw on Martin's own description of the language and will find influence in Russian, Turkish, Estonian, and Swahili. He never really described the language, as I remember, in the, uh, in the books. 
He just uh, he just said they speak some language. Why do they need to create an entire language? Well, because they're basing it around a new character that's been created just for the series named Nicoderms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so he needs his own language. Don't even joke. The last thing they need to do is create some shit that's just for the series. Can you imagine? Could they be ruining smoke, it? Of Smokeski? That'd be great. Seriously, I don't want them to do anything but show me the the script that was in the book. They can cut a bit out, obviously, but that's about it. Cut a bit out. Nick and I don't want them to add shit to it. Not that they've been unsuccessful in the case of True Blood. They added that hot redhead chick. Right. And they kept some good characters alive that initially died in the book. Yeah. Well, I think they want to create a language that is going to sound right for it. I mean, if you have these guys that talk their own language. I would yeah, like yeah, to yeah. give them a suggestion oh, of Christ some sounds that they what? could base the language on. They can make, make it kind of sound like... <laughs> or maybe it could be more like... <laughs> Was that Gremlin? Yeah. No, I, I was thinking he was trying to do X-13 again. No, don't <laughs> no. even bring it. Was, no, no, it was, no, it was no. starting to give me flashbacks. Wow. Wow, you really are talentless. You've just been faking it this entire time. Holy God. Press release, New York. Star Trek Live. <laughs> what? A new interactive stage show from the CBS Consumer Products and Mad Science Productions oh, yeah. will make its worldwide debut at Kennedy Space Center yeah. Visitor Complex on June 11th, 2010. So it's already Because nothing so says scientific space exploration. Well, it's true, though. Trek uh, does have its foot in that. Based on popular science fiction franchise, the show takes audiences on an exhilarating 30-minute journey Offering an unforgettable live theatrical experience for fans of all ages. I've been I'll to that. It's you. called Star Trek: The it's Experience. Say, it's it's exactly about a half it an hour. And it's, good, it's where uh, they're going to have a live performer jump into the screen, and everybody's going to go, "Oh boy!" The show combines fun special effects, uh-huh. audience interaction, uh-huh. and an exploration of real space age technology. I don't care what they do, unless they bring back that thing where they dress up a family like Klingons and throw fake rocks at them. Oh, yeah. Them, <laughs> them Did I ever show yes. you my, my video so of that? Oh good. It's so funny. I've got to have to get that digitized at some point. Yeah, you and put it This up is going to be the cheesiest shit ever if well, they do that. Well, this, is, this is what it's about. This oh. is the story right here. Oh, okay. All right. Audience members join Starfleet Academy only to be unexpectedly whisked into an adventure steeped in the grand tradition of Star Trek. Star Trek Live combines uh, cutting-edge special effects, unmatched audience interaction, cool science, on-screen appearances from Captain Kirk and Spock themselves to create an exhilarating and unforgettable theatrical experience eager to learn from Starfleet's best and brightest. Our cadets assemble, anxious to prepare for their first day of the Academy. As we're introduced to the Academy, the Earth itself comes under attack from a renegade Romulan leaving the fate of the future itself in the hands of our cadets. Which, which Kirk and Spock? Our cadets will have to quickly learn the intricacies of living and working in space, modern space travel, and the latest in communication and technology as they draw on the achievements of science in the 21st century. It will require all our knowledge, ingenuity, logic, and an exploration of science to discover what is happening and how to set things right. The Romans are attacking. It is too late. Quick, 
Learn how to use a space toilet. <laughs> the Romulans are attacking. Science. What? <laughs> what planet is close to us? <laughs> Venus. Yes. And Mars. Yes. Either one would have been right and would have saved the world. Captain. Captain. There's. 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 The Romulans are attacking us all over the place. They've beamed onto the ship. They've, 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 they've killed the doctor. They've torn all the nurses' faces right off. Oh, no. Quick, what's the boiling point of water in Celsius? <laughs> Science can save us. Yes. Science. Science and a gun. You know what? I think we should raise the shields. Mr. Stavsmokski, make the shields raise. Hey, Captain, we'll raise shields. Who brought him on the ship? I'm Nikodarm Snapsmokski. I'm glad to be serving for USS Enterprise. Also, I've not been smoking for now 15 days. Thanks to Nikodarm Patch. It's science. It's science that you use in my arm. It's science of, of, of Nikodarm Patch. Save me from no smoking. There's no smoking in future. Hooray for science. Alien <laughs> crew member Skormerskland Flippel, please escort him from the bridge. You're like, <laughs> And that's where it falls apart as the language. <laughs> Ensign Thomas, who's in charge of these people? This guy. Nikodorum stop smokes, <laughs> Everyone follow me very quick. Everyone, come on. I hurry, know your hurry. break was in five minutes. My break Just was supposed to be in five minutes. It's okay. Is everything is fine. I know. No, it's not smoking here. Here, have patch. You have patch for your face. Okay, hang on. Uh, excuse me, Captain. <laughs> Klingons is trying to talk with us. Uh, they want to say they have a big shipment of cools that they try to, <laughs> to get through the neutral zone. I say we shoot them up because the smoking is bad. Blow the, the cools, Captain. <laughs> you will not destroy my shipment of cools. I will pass this carcinogen through the neutral zone and no one will stop me. <laughs> oh. Fool, you will regret, regret defying me. <laughs> But damn you and your and science my, and knowing the boiling point of water. And my and delicious low-tar flavor. <laughs> <laughs> no, Captain, he is low-tar. Low-tar is acceptable. Eh? Oh, his he's 12, got menthol. His 12-step program. Menthol is too delicious to resist. <laughs> Help me, Captain. Eh? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be the greatest yeah. Star Trek thing ever. It's going to blow the experience right out of the water. Dude, I, I, you got to trademark Nicorette Stop Smokeski. All in 30 minutes, yes. Nicoderm Stop Smokeski. Oh, that's right. Nicoderm Stop Smokeski. Are they going to have Ferengi running around telling people how to do science projects? Sure. Um, you can do it, but it's easier just to steal it. <laughs> that's what I call alchemy. I, got, I made gold from nothing by taking your fucking watch. <laughs> I like little flasks. So here, here, here. <laughs> Oh, oh boy! Oh boy! Universal <laughs> Pictures has acquired the rights to Ted. Ted. What? A movie developed a movie by Meteorite Capital, Ted? when written by Seth MacFarlane, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex Silken, and Wesley Wilde. Well, I haven't heard about it. Tell me about it. McFarlane, Ted talks. McFarlane will make his feature directorial debut of the film, which is said to be a live-action CG hybrid about a man and his teddy bear named Ted. The movie is said to come with a hard R rating. That likely means that Ted the Teddy Bear will not be something you want hanging out with your kids. So, yes, Ted is coming. That's Seth MacFarlane. Nice. It's got Seth MacFarlane. I'm, you know, I'm down. Yeah, he's funny. He's, I mean, not that he hasn't done hilarious. some things that aren't he's that fun. He's super hilarious. But he is funny. He's a funny yeah. guy. 
Is he so writing good. it? He's, yeah, he wrote it. He's writing it. Okay, writing, okay. writing it directing. with two other guys. He's directing it. He's and doing the voice of Ted. Because I got to tell you, American Dad, kind of hit and miss. Uh, I think that show's great. So I, I like American Dad. It's a Dad. good show. I just think it's hit and miss. Well, really, like, really cerebral know. humor, though. It's versus... got some really good stuff, man. Yeah. Versus the they had a know, very Roger heavy episode this week that had me on the floor. It was I haven't watched really, it yet. Oh, it's really fucking funny. Are you guys watching um, what's the Cleveland, other one? Cleveland show? It's great. It's getting better actually. It's great, I'm dude. very because I, I was the last few episodes have been fun. It's really great. It started it off really slow, and I was thinking of stopping, but it started getting better. It's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. It was really funny the last week. And uh, and uh, Paul's former Second City. Partner is one of the voices on. Yeah, there. Jason Sudeikis is a regular uh, performer on there as uh, one of the characters. Two of the uh, characters. Oh yeah, uh, you're right. He's, cool. Uh, Haven't seen some money. Dude in uh, the ter- Terry and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, the short one. Uh, Terry is his name. Cable, the short guy. Cable the other guy. guy. Yeah, yeah that, that guy. The short dude. That guy. The short one. Yeah. That everyone knows. Yeah. I can't remember. He's really Moving good. On. It's Mike Finch and Alec Litvak who wrote the upcoming Predators reboot. They have been brought yeah, aboard I to know draft. What they're doing. Masters of the Universe that, that, for that, that, Columbia. No! According to Hollywood Reporter, the studio picked up the movie rights uh, property in the fall. Yeah, so it's coming. It's uh, coming. Will you I, be there on the first day dressed up like He-Man? I won't be dressed up like He-Man. Oh, dude, I'd give you money. But I might get dressed yeah. up like Orca. If I dressed up like He-Man, it'd be awful. That's why I want to <laughs> see it. so gross. <laughs> if you dress up like He-Man... Shirtless oh, with the, the thing crossing his chest. Oh, God. <laughs> with the little... With the little Wig, a that wig. cage wig that uh, would look so gross. I would look so bad. It'd be he man kind of let himself go. <laughs> oh, yeah, he man. What happened? Well, I found donuts. <laughs> hey, my <laughs> Earth mother, Marlena, introduced me to donuts. It'd give you motivation have... for uh, for your workouts. Uh, yeah, must what? fit. In He-Man costume. No, I don't know. I'm no, not... no, it would be better if you didn't fit. You would be the poster boy for all things bad in cosplay. What I would Your be... picture would go around the internet what like wildfire. What I would be would be the perfect foil to Unemployed Skeletor, who if you have not seen Unemployed Skeletor... <laughs> there you go. Have you not seen Unemployed oh, Skeletor? Yeah. Uh, Unemployed Skeletor is Comic-Con. hilarious. He does great videos. He's super fucking funny, this guy. And he's about my build. He's really, really funny. Kevin Kahn. He is un- mad props to Unemployed Skeletor. He right. is freaking hilarious. Dude, shout out to Unemployed Skeletor. For Comic-Con. Unemployed well. Skeletor and Fat no, He-Man. No, was Unemployed Batman, hobo, uh, Homeless Batman, and he was creepy. Oh, no, no but Homeless uh, Batman unemployed is not Skeletor. No, that guy was unemployed weird. Skeletor if is you dress up actually like calls He-Man. himself Unemployed Skeletor. He's not an unemployed dude. He's like Skeletor, who no longer has a job, because at the time he started it, uh, the, 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 the property was uh, kind of in a funk. If you dress up like He-Man, I'll grow a beard and dress up like She-Ra. <laughs> How will a beard help go, you be Shira? Give you be cooler. Can I can I tell you what I want to see out of a He Man movie? Yeah, I really want it to be uh, a thing where it's a crazy neo future and Hordak is a corporate king and uh, he rules a whole army and has uh, Shira as his you know Adora as his number one and then it, it, I'd, I'd like to see basically the Shira He Man movie. But take it into our world. So wait, so Hordak runs a private security firm? Something like that, yeah. Uh, they they like did that. this where they took Black it into Black our world. Yeah, but they didn't do it right. I'd like to see Dolph it. Dolph Lundgren, right. man. Sounds like. Or, you know what? Ultimately, the, the best and thing Robert is, Duncan McNeil and Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. The best thing would be a CG. Best thing would be CG. Every time like, he came into the experience, I wanted to walk up to him and just go, 
He-Man. And really? He, and he would be... Masters of the Universe? Right to punch you in the face for even mentioning that <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, but I'm making fun Captain of Proton was better? Yeah. That was uh, a lot better. Boo. According to Deadline Hollywood, the maker of epic comic book movies is in final negotiations with Joss Whedon to direct Avengers, officially. Mm-hmm. Which is the film that will bring all the massive characters and storylines into one film... Whedon will have the unbelievable task in front of him with this movie taking Favreau and Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, Louis Lederer's uh, Incredible Hulk, Kenneth Branagh's Thor, and Joe Johnston's Captain America and putting them into one single film. Now remember, this guy's directed what? One movie? Total? One theatrical yeah. film, yeah. So that's it. Wow. Uh, he's got the helm for this monster. Yeah. Good luck, everybody. Well, uh, it's going to be a film about female empowerment. Well, no, he directed. Uh, <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Yeah. He directed Serenity too, so at. he's got two films. You know, it's going to be a musical. It'll be good. Um, <laughs> fuck out it's here. It's going to have. Uh, it'll have what's that? What's that guy who played in Buffy? What was his name? Which one? Oh, the, the old guy with the glasses. Oh, oh yes, uh, uh, Anthony uh, Michael Head. Niles. Yeah, Head. Anthony okay, Stewart. Yeah, Anthony Stewart I mean, Head. Sorry, he'll, he'll Anthony be Michael Head. I'm thinking someone. He'll be Jarvis. Do you think? Yeah. I think he'd make an all right Jarvis. Or I guess they've kind of decided Jarvis is techno Jarvis now. That's right? true. So, yeah. He can't so, have a real Jarvis. Well, maybe it will be Jarvis. easy because half the stuff's already figured out for him. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like, Well, they're already spilled it out in a lot. Yeah. As long as he doesn't fuck with it, I'm happy. And, oh, Iron Man is coming up so soon. Yes, indeed. So kick like, ass first. Kick ass this week. I'm going to see it. I can't wait. Yeah. A global survey of 23,000 adults in 22 countries by Ipsos showed that 20% of the people polled believed not only that aliens exist, but they also live in our midst disguised as humans. <laughs> that's that's one in five people. That's 23,000 adults, Oops. one in five people. Some parts of the world <laughs> turned out to be more skeptical than others. In that more than 40% of the people from India and China believed in the existence of the disguised aliens, while only 8% of the inhabitants from Belgium, Sweden, and the Netherlands. In addition to being the geological differences, there is a gender-based one, because more more men than women, 22% versus 17%, believe that aliens are disguised here on Earth. (laughs) The places where people are denied education. Yes. <laughs> They're pretty sure that there are aliens living among us. 40% in India. Yeah, but you know what? If you live in India and you're surrounded by a Kaskillian people, <laughs> you've got to yeah. be, be like, there, there must be aliens. <laughs> there is no way that we are fucking this much. This is crazy. They, they, we, not, we didn't do all of this populating. There are a few people who are more than we have made this is crazy the kama sutra came from india You're right talk to me about them not fucking <laughs> i won't talk to you about them not fucking apparently they fuck a lot <laughs> <laughs> iron man 2 director john favreau who's prepping the upcoming sci-fi western cowboys and aliens confirmed widespread boomers via twitter that indiana jones himself harrison ford will be in the movie yeah i heard about that ford joins tron legacies olivia wilde and james bond's daniel craig in a movie written by transformers (laughs) and star trek writers roberto orsi and alex kurtzman olivia wilde is such a hot i don't know hot as you may have guessed this uh cowboy uh, this comic book based series is about uh cowboys teaming up with indians in the old west to fight off invasion by aliens. Cool. 
that's hence why it's called Cowboys and Aliens. Imagine yep. that. Love it. I think Time Cop beat him to it, but all right, whatever. <laughs> 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 I like Time Cop. <laughs> Gold. No, this coming sir. fall, another British university, the University of Hertfordshire, will be launching the first ever master's program in the study of vampire literature. Oh, <laughs> what? <God>. Dr. <laughs> Sam George, the lecturer who's launching the program, is also hosting an academic conference from April 16th to the 17th entitled Open Graves, Open Minds, Vampires and the Undead in Modern Culture. It's a liberal arts degree, isn't it? The undead, in the title, refers to vampires, less charismatic undead cousin zombies, which have been dug up in droves to represent various fears and crises in contemporary cultures. A few of the lectures on the docket. Quote, You are the most dangerous creature I have ever met. Unquote. Female sexuality as monsters in Stephanie Meyer's Twilight series. Next lecture, Zombies and Ninjas and Class. Oh, my. Marxist Paradigms in Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. What does that have to do with ninjas? A fledgling <laughs> biopolit- polit- <laughs> the fledgling biopolitics of Vampire by Fran Michael. Bloody Hell, Sonning Blimey, Shagging, Knickers, Bockers, Bullocks. Oh, God, I'm English. Translating Spike. <laughs> <laughs> what? And the final... <laughs> I like that name. What? That's got to be Spike from Buffy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely, angel, right? definitely okay. that. And the last lecture, The Twilight Saga and the Pleasures of Spectatorship, The Broken Body and the Shining Body by Dr. Sarah Art and Dr. Sarah Patricia Watson. I'm surprised they don't have a, like, a Doctor Who uh, class in English. Well, you know, I, talk, I talked to one of my English friends who took this, and he said that class really sucks. <laughs> and he says also, the professor bites because he's totally batty. And he said that even You're though he got me. the you got, oh. he got the credits, but they wouldn't transfer. They could only be transfused. And Kill his stupid. mic, please. <laughs> I thought I told you to be quiet for the next half an hour. You're fucking it up. Oh. You had one job. How'd you do? Vampire joke. <laughs> and the last thing I want to bring up news-wise, even before the Lord of the Rings, the motion picture trilogy was released on Blu-ray, thousands of angry fans had trashed the project without ever seeing it. Of the 3,156 customer reviews currently up on Amazon, an amazing 2,850 of them, more than 90%, gave the release one star, the lowest rating possible. For which one? For Lord of the Rings, the Blu-ray motion picture trilogy release. Oh, yeah, because it's a bare bones. Yep. Turns oh, out well, that's dip. why. That's right. Turns Hoo-ha. out the low ratings were because of thousands of Amazon users hated the films because they loved it. As Here's a piece of uh, a C. Burns review. He put it very well. Some confusion among other reviewers that somehow were obligated to post a five-star recommendation for the movie. This is an incorrect understanding of the review process. If I were reviewing the movie itself, it would get a five. This review is for the product, as listed. In other words, I do not recommend buying this product slash DVD. This project is being created for no other reason than to dupe people into buying this movie twice again. Those of us who are huge fans bought the original DVDs of the theatrical releases. Then the studio finally released the extended editions, even though they could have released both at the same time. Now that Blu-ray has won the high-def battle, the studios are salivating at Skriskal again in the same way. Please do not let them get away with pretending that the Blu-ray can't hold both versions on one disc. It certainly can. A simple menu option would let you watch the extended edition when you have time or the theatrical edition when you don't. Their other argument that Peter Jackson is busy working on The Hobbit and will work on the extended editions later is 100% bullshit. 
He's already done the work. Just copy what he did for the regular DVDs onto a new Blu-ray master. Bottom line, studios will make whatever argument they think will fly to convince us that they can't put both versions on one disc because they don't want to double because they want to double their income on this movie, which has already made them a billion dollars. That's absolutely true. It it is absolutely true. And the perfect example is the Star Trek original series Blu-rays. It has both the original as aired version of the episodes in addition to the remasters. And you can jump to them back and forth seamlessly. That's really awesome. And and all it does is it stores all of those extra scenes on there and has a a menu set up so that if you're watching the the quote remastered version but Mm -hmm. when this when the remastered effects are in there, it seamlessly goes to that scene. Yeah. And then goes back into the regular. So the, the, it is completely possible to do that. He is absolutely correct. He's absolutely correct. But we, sh- you know, that's a great example of a product release that worked. Mm-hmm. But let us not be too quick to forgive the powers that be who released the Star Trek sets. Because let's, fi- let's go back. The Star Trek the, movie the, sets? The original series okay. has had such an arduous DVD path. First it was released... As single, single discs, yeah. which oh, contain right. three or four episodes, and poor fans who are diehards started off and collected the entire series that way. Yeah. Sure. And those discs that by themselves were like twenty bucks a piece. Yeah, yeah. massive expense for that. Dude, that it was even collection. worse with VHS. Dude. Yeah, I had a. I had the, my okay, ex- so I mean, even even yeah. for going the tapes, we all had the tape the tape stuff too. But but, but then then the DVD released in the special cases, mm-hmm. right? The full series in the special cases. Yes. I bought. My first series that way. Then they re-released them in new special cases with the HD stuff. Then they re-released them in other special cases with the (laughs) Blu-ray. Then they re-released them as the full release Blu-ray and HD. Oh, that's like the eighth version of that shit. Well, the the, the one that you're talking about where they did the, the three seasons with the remasters... That was originally supposed to be all HD DVD, and obviously HD DVD failed. And yeah, so well, but that's what they I'm... they already had it ready to go. So they just said, "Oh well, you know, we'll just release the standard def DVD versions and threw it out there." Yeah, well, yeah, and but at great. the same time, the install base for Blu-ray players is still, still not there. Yeah, it's sure. still going. So. For people that don't have Blu-ray players that wanted the the remasters on DVD, it's not an apples to apples comparison. Sure, no, but but it's no, a no, fine I'm, example. I'm, That's I'm not, the kind of shit these I'm, places. No, pull. I'm not yeah. saying you're wrong. Yeah. And 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 historically, Paramount has been very slow. Oh man, to give the fans what they want. Yeah. Now, with the Star Trek franchise, it's getting better because it's getting better. But you know, um, Van Sitters and and I forget the other lady's name that that are like. You know, in charge of the yeah. You know, the licensing for that franchise now are truly together. reviewing this stuff and saying, "Oh, this is something that the fans really do want. Let's do it." Versus, you know, it's like, "Oh, um, somebody submitted something that, already got their quick that needs the Star Trek license. Ah, eh, sure, sure, we'll give them a license. Here you go. Yeah, right. give us some money. Here's your license. Boo. Well, that's it for Week of Geek." All right. Let's oh. move on to the big list before we introduce our new segment afterwards. Big list! So that's a big surprise. list. This big is, list! This is a big list uh, that's specially designed for Paul. Okay. Uh-oh. So this is the official Paul big list. 
You know, I'm not even going to say what it is to begin with. I'm going to lead into it. <laughs> Let me. I'm just going to take a guess. Uh, top 10 80s cartoons that are homoerotic. <laughs> You're in the right neighborhood. <laughs> in the 80s, when the FCC relaxed its regulations regarding toy manufacturers creating TV shows to uh, sell their toys, yep. there was an explosion it of dumb, often fun... <laughs> Cartoons featuring two-dimensional <laughs> characters, cliched storylines, and of course, lots of action. He-Man oh, and the Masters of the Universe typified this sort of show. Yes. Many episodes featured new characters and vehicles that could, of course, be purchased at your local toy store. It's essentially the best commercial ever made. As the cartoon and comics wore on, there seemed to be a contest going on amongst writers who could come up with the most bizarre and ridiculous stunt for He-Man to save the day. Yep. Here are, from Topless Robot, <laughs> ten of He-Man's most mind-blowing feats of strength, skill, and insanity. He awesome! Did, he did crazy shit. Alright, let's hear it. Number ten, Punching Through Fire. Huh? Huh? Yeah, I can do that. In the mini comic, in the mini comic, the Terror Claws Strike. This is when Thunder Punch He Man came out. Skeletor has stolen oh the gem God. of something or other, and He Man chases him into Snake Mountain, where Skeletor throws up a wall of fire to stop him. Silly Skeletor. Thunder Punch He Man, right? The fact that fire isn't a solid material doesn't mean He Man can't just punch his way through. And so kids learned a valuable lesson: if you have a problem, punch it. Well, Enough he, times. Does it burn it, his it hands? Or no, this is the thing. That Terror Claw Strike. That was Terror Claw Skeletor and How Thunder do you know Punch He-Man. Because Terror Claw Skeletor and Thunder Punch He-Man were re- released at the same time. They were, you know, they, so Terror Claw Skeletor had the big fake hands that he put on the, his side. He had scratchy claws. And then He-Man, Thunder Punch He-Man, <laughs> he took caps. Mm. So you pulled him back the same basic mechanism of punching, but it would make a cap explode in his back. Oh, so it was like I a, it was like that. a cap gun. Barry, yeah. why are you even surprised that he knows this? Dude, the power of a... I mean, I'm not he was surprised. A, he was I'm essentially a bullet fist. Anyway, <laughs> bullet fist. of course he could punch through fire. Disappointed. Thunder Punch He Man. They didn't even mention it was Thunder Punch He Man. No, they didn't. No, that's what it was. That's why I have you here. All right. To, to, to fact check. These guys, You're these guys, boy need some man. Schooling. Number nine. I just like He Man a lot. Number nine, throwing a gem 80,000 miles per hour. <laughs> what? <laughs> Some of He-Man's craziest feats are to be found in the short-lived Marvel comic. In a story called Courage. Oh, we're going to the comics now. See, they're they're digging deep. Man-at-Arms is poisoned by Sarod, sending Prince Adam and Tila on the quest to a floating city of Helios to retrieve a healing gem. After defeating a mind beast, they return to heal Man-at-Arms, only to discover he's actually a robot. All part of a scheme by Skeletor to obtain the gem and use it to take over Grayskull. The good guys triumph, but as he escapes, Skeletor mentions that the gem has to be back at Helios by sundown, or the city falls out of the sky. The story is even more convoluted than what I'm making it here. Anyway, the solution, <laughs> He-Man throws the gem at, twenty quote, 22 miles per second, unquote, <laughs> for over 700 miles so that it lands in the exact right spot before sunset. Now, where did they go to save uh, Duncan? Uh, it didn't say it was where. a robot Duncan. Yeah, it was robot Duncan. That's all I. I well, they didn't say where. Did they say it was in Snake Mountain again? No. Didn't say Snake Mountain. Didn't say anything about that. So this is when you got to take into account the possibility that the writers were taking into account that he mm-hmm. was on a different planet with possibly different gravity, different atmospheric conditions. Oh, you are not it. trying to explain this Don't away. Even. Just saying. I got two problems with this aside from the obvious physics problems, which are so glaringly <laughs> obvious. I'm not even going to. It doesn't even warrant comment. Whatever. One. If 
T-Man can throw something with that much accuracy. Screw the speed. <laughs> 700 miles. Why doesn't he just throw a rock through from, Skeletor's head? Through Skeletor's <laughs> head from wherever he is. Yeah. And two, if Skeletor can replace Man-at-Arms with a robot... Fuck the gem! Why does he just do that with the rest of Eternia? I'll give you you three reasons why he doesn't kill Skeletor with a rock. (laughs) Sorry, He-Man, I'm a robot. Tila, did you know about this? Sorry, He-Man, I'm a robot too! Fuck! Orko, can you do something? Sorry, He-Man, I'm a robot and a really stupid one. First and foremost, (laughs) that's not He-Man's style. He's a good guy. Secondly, (laughs) secondly, most of the time, Skeletor lives on the dark side of Eternia, which is buried by the Mystic Wall. So that's fairly impenetrable. I love this. So, all right. So what? What's really... the Mystic Wall? You know what? I don't care. Which, <laughs> so I'm moving on. I don't so even care. Even no, even no, you have a third point. And then, well, the third point is just basically... The third point is you're stupid. Nothing. Point is There's no third thing. No, Skeletor would figure something out as the rock was in, in flight. Skeletor's a wily son bitch. Really? He didn't have that much time to do it. 22 miles per second. Buddy, it's Skeletor. That's fast. It's Skeletor. Number it's eight. Skeletor. Vibrating a major Skeletor. fissure closed. Oh, I remember this. What? <laughs> the UK had its own Masters of the Universe comics. And in one story, an undersea earthquake cracks open a secret underwater passage into the heart of Eternos, Eternia's capital city. Skeletor and his minions go through and cause some minor havoc until they're inevitably defeated by He-Man and friends. To make sure Skeletor never uses the passage again, He-Man dives underwater and vibrates his sword until the until the crack slams shut. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, except that the power of he can do that kind of stuff. Number seven, twirling <laughs> his sword to nullify a tornado. Yeah, that, that, that's in the cartoon. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, now we get into episodes here. In the episode Temple of the Sun, some Eternian hobo finds a magical onk in the titular <laughs> temple and starts wreaking havoc with it. For some reason... In this episode, Cringer talks He-Man into not turning him into Battle Cat, then wastes no time in getting caught in the Sand Tornado. He-Man's strategy for solving the problem, he spins around in the opposite direction and unspools the tornado, then throws it into space. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's a, that's an early episode, and if that had happened later on in the series continuum, when uh, the character, the heroic warrior Cyclone, had been around, mm-hmm. Master of Wind, he could have helped T-Man out and handled it himself. You think maybe that's why Cyclone's creative is like, we need to not do this again. Well, I mean, you know, every time a big bad thing happens, you figure out a way to make a hero that can deal with it besides He-Man. And he just keeps adding more homeboys who can take care of stuff. He's like, I figured out how to close a rock hole. Who else could do that? I know, rock hole closer guy. <laughs> Let's do that. Next time, it's your job, rock hole closer guy. Any way to sell another toy. That's what I'm saying. My God. Number six, rubbing his hands on sand so fast it, <laughs> it makes, makes glass. glass. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Now that's just scientific fact. Later in Temple of the Sun, He-Man and his pals are attacked by a giant scorpion. He-Man shows off his outside-the-box thinking by concocting the most insane plan ever. Yep. He rubs his hands really fast over the sand until he makes a giant pane of glass. Then he smashes it into four sections and builds a cage around the scorpion. That's some twisted shit. <laughs> what they forget to mention shit. is that because they're in the desert, the sun acts as a prism through the glass and fries the scorpion. So his little his little capturing of the scorpion was all for naught. 
That Way to think happen. outside the box that there, he, he, didn't, he didn't kill that scorpion. That ain't how he rolled. <laughs> Number five, deflecting a falling moon by throwing a bomb at it. Yeah. Huh? In the, Eter- huh? in the episode Eternal Darkness, a bad guy named in a slanket named Dark Dream, aided by evil Lynn and some creepy elf, drags the moon in front of the sun to create an eclipse. To move the ru- moon back, He-Man fills a rock with some explosive crap and throws it at the moon. The rock explodes. The moon moves back to its proper orbit, and a generation of kids learns that physics is totally arbitrary. Uh, no, a generation of kids is prepared for the blockbuster Armageddon. That's all. <laughs> my God. A young Michael oh Bay, God. or whoever, Bruckheimer, whoever did that one, is inspired. <laughs> That's all. Okay, uh, on we go. That's the inspiration for Armageddon. It sounds like it. It is. Yeah. Okay. Number four, propping up an entire city. In trouble in Arcadia, Adam and Tila are captured by the people of the titular city, where women rule while men are sent to work in the mines. It's a pretty, in a pretty significant design flaw, the entire city apparently rests on a single pillar, and when all the mining takes its toll and the pillar buckles, it's up to He-Man to push it back into place, thus preventing the city from sinking. And he's all, how about you buy another pillar, bitches? <laughs> Number three, throwing Castle Grayskull. Now this I don't recall. He threw Castle Grayskull. This is in the episode The Taking of Grayskull. The idea is that Skeletor uses a so-called white hole. It's like a black hole, but not as dense. It's the negative opposite of a black hole. (laughs) (laughs) What's the negative opposite? A white hole. That would be a black hole. What? Negative opposite. Damn your logic, brain man! <laughs> Uses a white hole to transport Grayskull into another dimension. Where the negative opposite Castle Grayskull awaits! That's so, the same Castle Grayskull. What? That's the same Castle Grayskull. It's a negative opposite. Curse your smartness, brain man! <laughs> so after a smattering of adventure and other nonsense, He-Man picks up Grayskull and throws it back to Eternia. He-Man even hitches a ride back on Grayskull using a grappling hook. Although we don't really want to know where in that furry loincloth he was keeping a hook and a half mile of coiled rope. You can find out in the negative opposite pants of He-Man! <laughs> the, yeah, okay. Yeah. The fine. same pants, fine, whatever. <laughs> Number Rain two. Man. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What, Hold what, on. What'd you get? Through Castle Grayskull. Yeah. Now, as I remember from the cartoon, <laughs> yeah. what I what barely I remember of this, mm-hmm. Didn't Castle Grayskull have a bunch of shit underground as well? Yes, that's the big problem I have with it. So and how that, do you that, throw that, well, that's just the castle? That's the big problem you well, have. That with is it? the big Not problem. Not the fact that he threw the yeah, castle. Because, yeah, because he's Sea Man. But that's the big problem is because, at, especially in the new Doesn't stuff, the sorcerers live in there? Yeah. Isn't all their shit all over the place now, dude? And there are <laughs> temporal warps in the walls. My the fine very, China. The very castle has dimensional portals to to Etheria. Yeah. So. He threw dimensional portals through dimensional portals. I mean, the fact that, that reality didn't rip is just stupid. What kills me is this. He raises that sword in there and says, by the power of Grayskull, and turns into He-Man, and then he swings that sword around. You know what would be an even better weapon to swing around than a sword? A fucking castle. By <laughs> authority, man. I hit you with a castle. Suck him. Tila, get me a beer. You can't be doing that all the time. It's not good. It's Bitch, I'll hit you with a castle. Yeah, that's true. It would be awesome. Hey, the Castle Crashers, the sequel. Actually, uh, no, what? no. What do you tell a chick with two black eyes? 
Nothing. You hit her with a castle. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, moving a mountain. In the episode Journey to Stone City, Evil Lynn discovers a Pompeii-like city of stone people and revives its dumbass rocks leader, Vokan. Only, the only way to bring the city folk back to life is by using a device called the Lifebringer, which Evil Lynn steals and immediately blames on He-Man, setting up a battle between the hero, hero and Vulcan. Once the whole mess is sorted out, the Lifebringer is no longer an ast- in astronomical alignment, and it will be another 1,000 years before it's lined up again. Impatient fellow that he is, He-Man simply pushes the mountain the Lifebringer sitting on to bring it back into alignment. Okay, I don't even know where to start with that one. <laughs> How do you push a mountain? But you know what? I will nitpick on something. What's that? Evil Lynn. What if one day she decided not to be so evil? Would she have to change all her checks? No, because if you really knew, <laughs> her actual name is Evelyn, uh, I think it's Marsters or something like that. Yeah, her Evelyn real name Masters. her real name is Evelyn. Yeah. Okay. And she's the she's the daughter of a of a of a very powerful um wizard. But anyway, her real name is Evelyn. So it's spelled the same way. So she wouldn't have to change her checks, fucko. <laughs> and the number one most crazy thing He Man has ever done. Oh boy. Pushing a moon. Wait, didn't he already no, no, no. no he, he threw bombed. a rock at a moon. Okay. He, now now he's pushed a moon. Physically pushing a moon. In Jacob and the Widgets, never mind who Jacob is. Okay, good. Merman wants Corridite. Merman. I'm looking for Corridite. I actually kind of remember this episode. (sighs) A special metal mined by the Hobbit-like Widgets to make his giant sea monster robots indestructible. I need it. Work faster, Widgets. Rather than just hiring a hobo to buy it from the Widgets or something... Merman digs a hole beneath the sea to the widget's mine, causing it to flood. He-Man foils the plan, of course, but there's still the problem of the flooding mine. He-Man observes that the moon controls the tide. And so, in the most irresponsible act of environmental recklessness of all time, He-Man flies to the moon, How? stands on the tip of a wind raider, which I assume is how he flew there, and pushes the moon away to lower the tide. He goes back to the surface, plugs the hole, then flies back to the moon and pushes it into its proper orbit. Meanwhile, the entire coastal region of Eternia is no doubt destroyed by tsunamis (laughs) and millions are dead, but the widgets have their mind back. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. I don't don't know. Where do we begin with that? I'm just going to leave it. That's probably not canonical. (laughs) You know, there's so many problems with that. Jeff's right. I'm just going to let it go. Yeah, that's, that's what you sure you did, there's buddy. A, there's a couple episodes. Of, well, I mean, yeah, right there. Somewhere He-Man's really old in, in the sanitarium. And he's like, did I ever, with his arms crossed in the uh, straight jacket, did I ever tell you about the time I moved a moon? And the orderlies are all, right. Sure, yeah, sure you did. Here, drink this. He... That's what's going on he right now. He could move a moon. He could. But to move a moon standing on the tip of a wing of a Wind Raider, <laughs> that Wind Raider would have to be equipped with the most powerful stabilizer. <laughs> or it would have to weigh as much or less than the moon, or it, more than the moon. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. to mention the fact that the gravity of the moon 
you know, would would have pulled and affected. Yeah. So that, no. you know, that's like saying, you know, what, I'm going to move the Earth and start pushing against the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Which you have an effect. <laughs> no, I very said minuscule. I, I said I wasn't going to do this. I'm going to let it go. <laughs> it's. I'm going to. It's not canonical. Gonna let it go. No, no, we're going to let it go because we have a little time to try a, a new segment that uh, we're very excited to debut on episode 47. All right, it is uh, Ask Mumra oh, time. Let's our go to guest Mumra, let's, the ever-living. Let's take you now to, to third, Earth. third Earth and the Pyramid of Eternal Darkness, where our great guru will lead us through some questions. Uh, Mumra is going to uh, come out of his chamber and answer some questions. Yeah, we've uh, asked some people on the internet for some uh, to ask uh, to Mumra some questions uh, regarding dating, uh, you know, relationships, marriage, uh, Whatever you personal hygiene, like. anything really, anything. even lawn care maintenance. He'll he'll give you advice. I right. am happy to be here. All right, uh, Barry, what's what's the first question sent? All right, uh, I'm not going to name names, obviously, yes. to protect it. So I'll just give you the first letters. Um, w writes. Um, I'm, I'm planning to marry the man of my dreams this August. Although his parents are wonderful, I'm a little concerned about the role that they play in his life, particularly his mother. She still does uh, my fiancé's laundry, cooks his lunches daily, and cleans his house. Uh-huh. What should I do, Mumra? W, allow me to gaze into the pit of ultimate evil. <laughs> Let me see. I foresee... And she will try to live with you in the near future. And this relationship is... <laughs> Leave him! <laughs> <laughs> All right, right, right. thank you, thank you, Mamra. Barry, what's what's our next question? Okay, uh, E writes, Mamra, we had a party last night and it got too wild. My friend spilled red wine all over my new white carpet. I want to cry. Everything I use on the stain makes it worse. What can I do? I feel your pain. Last night, Monkey and that Slide were having an all-night bender, <laughs> and they let Marmot out of his cage, and he got into the snacks. <laughs> you can imagine the mess. And who cleans it up? Who cleans it up? Who cleans it up, Mumra? Mumra! Oh, the Emma sweeping! You must lay down the ground rules and keep your house as tidy as you wish. Don't let them run over you. Um, T writes... Do you have any tips for, as far as sexually seducing a guy? I know that every guy has their turn-ons, but what are a few of the best ways to seduce a man? I would suggest applying a thin layer of gauze bandage to your entire body and then growing twice in size so that your flesh expands beyond the gauze wrappings, revealing rippling muscles in a most tantalizing fashion. Uh, and, and then, and then, put on a hat with snakes. Well, thank you very much, Mum. <laughs> 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 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mamra. We'll uh, we'll have you back on the show again soon. In fact, that's going to end our show. Oh, it was great to have Mumra back. It really was. was great. Yeah. Hopefully, next week we get to play. Uh, you make the call with Torgo and his n- new game. But the, the game I already sent back. Don't even start. <laughs> so next time, folks. I am Master Torgo. And I'm Doctor Blark. The famous Paul. It is Jeff. And we'll see you next week in Geek. I said see you again. See you. I'm yeah. still seeing I don't people. I see anybody. I on see. We'll nerd hear you. We'll, we'll talk at you. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk at you while you listen to your ear hole. Ear holes. <laughs> I love your ear holes. You're an ear hole. Gross.